and welcome to the Money Over Easy Show, where we make conversations over money easy. I'm your host, Trisha Daniel, a third generation speaker of financial literacy and clarity advisor. Because when we make conversations over money easy, it helps us get super clear on how to apply money and financial concepts into our everyday lives. These conversations are inspired by the breakfasts I have with my father. We would have conversations over money every single Saturday, and we still do. Since I was a little girl, age three, my father would bring out a napkin, a pen, and start to draw and teach my sister and I different financial concepts that he would teach as a financial advisor and a financial planner. So these conversations that I still have, I'm bringing to you now in the Money Over Easy show. This show is a part of the Once Upon a Podcast Network. Did you hear another bank collapse? How can that happen in 2023? That was a conversation when I sat down with my dad at breakfast just this Saturday, and we started talking about the recent bank collapse with Silicon Valley Bank. You know, we'd hear about this in the 1980s. I'm actually looking out a window right now at Penn Square, where the Penn Square Bank collapsed in the 1980s in the oil and gas chaos here in Oklahoma City. And in 2008, with a big banking collapse with the mortgage companies. And now 2023, Silicon Valley Bank. The announcement that that bank was collapsing has set a ripple effect through the industry of like, wait a second, how can a bank collapse? So in this conversation where we make money conversations easy, let's talk about how a bank even works and how something like that can happen. Now, again, when we make conversations over money easy, we're going to take something that is very high level and we could get super deep into the complex transactions of how a bank and this particular bank collapsed. But again, we are going to go over it just like I dad and we're sitting at the breakfast table, talked about the way a bank works. And so that all of us understand in a high level view, how something like that can happen, but then more importantly, how do we protect ourselves? So let's get started. When you start to think about a bank, I knew I, as a little girl, my father opened me a bank account when I was very young. Instead of doing child support, my father and my mother opened up a checking account, and that's where the money would get put in and checks for activities were getting wrote out, wrote out of. So when I became older, I started using that own account myself to learn financial literacy. I learned how to write checks, how to account for money going in, earning allowance, earning extra money. And these are tools I use into my 20s, 30s. And I actually still have that bank account today. If I'll admit my age, I actually got my 40th anniversary celebration from the bank the other day for how long I had that checking account. But I always thought when I put money in that account, my $10, my $100, my $1,000 would just win a safe little, like a security, like lockbox. No, I was shocked to learn eventually when I got older that when I deposit money, you deposit money, that it all goes into a big pool. Now, if you put things in a checking account, you just put money in there, correct? If you put money into a savings account, when you put money into that big pool, 
you're actually going to earn money 1%, 2%, maybe up to 3%, depending on the year. For the bank, you're saying the bank for them to use your money and they're going to pay you for it. You're going to earn interest because then they're going to take that money and then loan it out to other people. I don't know if you knew about that, but for several people, including myself at one point, I had no idea. I'm like, wait a second. What do you mean they take my money? I just put my $10 in there. I want my $10. They actually will loan it out to other people. Remember, banking is a business. It is a business. And for a lot of people, actually, they don't realize that. They just serve as a very secure, safe place to store their money. But actually, that storehouse is used to help others, to loan it out for car loans, home loans, line of credit. And that is where the risk comes in. So, for example, you've deposited $100,000 into the bank. You may be earning 3% interest back on it. Somebody else comes in, they borrow $100,000, and they're going to pay the bank 12%, 15%, 5%. The bank gives you 3% of it, and they're keeping the rest. Again, banks are a business. The risk comes in, what if they've loaned all the money out, and you come in wanting to withdraw your $100,000? That is a simple way to think about it. Silicon Valley Bank, people started coming to the bank to withdraw their money and the bank didn't have it. It was was already loaned out, invested in other places. They had placed it in bad investments also and they didn't have the money. And again, there is so much more complexity to this. So please understand this is a very high level view, but just to understand how banks work, when you put money in, It is put in a big pool and then it is loaned out. Then when people repay it, it repays that pool. Now, banks are also, to lessen the risk, they are supposed to have so much on hand. If there's ever a big withdrawal, sometimes why they have to wait a day or two is so that those funds are pooled in so they can pay you that $100,000, that $200,000. Now, have you ever heard of FDIC? You've seen that on the bank. You may have seen it in different places, but actually for a lot of people, they don't know what that means. That means for your federal deposit deposit insured. Your deposit is insured up to $250,000 at the time of the recording of this podcast. Meaning if you put in $250,000, you are guaranteed through insurance to get that money back. So right now, why are people in Silicon Valley freaking out? Anybody will freak out just like in 2008 and just like in the 80s. There was only so much. Some people had more than $250,000 invested and they may not get it back. That is the risk. That is why it's very, very important to understand. Even in a high level view, wait a second. I need to diversify. And that's where I want to talk to you today is how can you diversify? Because first understanding that when you put money into a bank, they are actually loaning it out to other people. So your money is not just sitting there, but it is insured up to $250,000.
So how can you diversify? How can you protect yourself and your money? I know for a lot of us, you're laughing like, I don't have $250,000, but someday you may. Someday you may. When you start understanding and conversations over money become easier, someday when you understand how to make your money, make money to make money, you will have up to the amount, but you need to understand those concepts. So if you happen to have over $250,000, diversify. I actually diversify even with $100. So what do I do? Instead of using an envelope system for cash, I use an envelope system with bank accounts. I diversify. One bank, I actually just have enough for my groceries for the month. It keeps me in check. And it also develops a relationship with a bank that I rarely use except for groceries. I have a bank over here I use just for utilities and mortgage. A bank over here I use. I actually put myself in different banks because you know it's even more important. It builds relationships with those banks. So someday if I ever needed a loan, oh, ma'am, you have been a business in business for 10 years with five years. Yes, you've been a great customer. Yes, you've been. To, it builds relationships with a bank. So one, always diversify by putting your money in different banks. Another way that you can protect your money is by becoming your own bank. Yes, you can become your own bank. So a lot of people do not realize that actually banks hold whole life insurance policies, meaning that they have some of their key employees insured through whole life insurance policies, and it builds up cash value. Guys, we can do the same things. A lot of people... The Rockefellers, Disney, oh my gosh, there's so many wealthy families that people don't realize they use whole life insurance because whole life insurance is not just a death benefit. It's something for you to use right now. You basically, how it works is I'm depositing money into my own bank, into my own life insurance policy. Yes, part of it pays for the premium. But the other pieces actually builds up cash value. And I'm actually earning money, usually up to 4%. And this is guaranteed. I don't have to worry about it going up and down with the stock market. It is actually guaranteed. So my money is building up in this cash value, this life insurance policy over time. Over time, as it builds up, I can borrow against it to buy a house. I can borrow against it to buy a car. I can borrow against it to start a business. JC Penney's, they actually, JC Penney back, in, I believe it was the depression, and please send me a message if I was wrong. But if I remember correctly, JC Penney actually borrowed against his own whole life insurance policy to pay his own payroll back during the depression. And it was a way he saved the business. He was his own bank. Walt Disney. In part was his own bank. He borrowed against himself to start the theme parks because everyone thought he was crazy to start a theme park and to borrow money for a theme park. No bank was going to give him that money. So he borrowed against himself. He bet on himself. There is a way for you to become your own bank. It's a way to diversify. It's a way to be able to have money stored up to pass down to your children. Because again, it's life insurance. It builds up as tax-favored income, right? So that's another way 
First, diversify your banks, making sure you never have more than $250,000 in any bank. It's just a good practice to have money in different banks. So if something does happen and a bank does collapse, you're not panicking. Next, become your own bank. And this is a way to teach your children. Take a policy on your own, your child, and how to become the owner of it. And they realize how to become their own bank. So by the time they're adults, they know how to pay for their own house, their own cars, college tuition, through being able to see and manage their own banks. Because financial literacy is so key. And again, I'm so grateful my father and I have these conversations every Saturday. The last, and of course, what my father loves to talk about is other financial products, such as annuities, mutual funds. There's so many products out there and find a financial advisor that will teach you about these things. Now, please always be mindful of commissions and things that your financial advisor will earn off the different products. Always have an advisor that will talk openly to you about the commissions that they may earn from different financial products. But when you get someone you trust, it's incredible to know, okay, I had this mutual fund. Actually, my father had a mutual fund when we were kids. When we were five years old, he sold some land, took the money, put it into two mutual funds, and allowed it to build. That's who we paid for our private school when we got older and for college. It was a beautiful way to be able to save up, to be able for us to, again, learn how money worked, learn how to manage it. We were able to look, okay, do we want to buy a car with this? Are we going to college? Just being able to teach children through things that have their name on it. It's usually you're the owner they're, they're for the benefit of them. But being able to diversify, understanding how the banking system works, understanding that you can become your own bank, and then understanding there's other financial products to make sure that your money is diversified so that when things happen and you hear about them on the news and everyone's panicking, you can breathe. You can breathe because you remember that you've had a conversation over money that was made easy in a way that you understand. You're able to explain to your kids when they ask And you're able to have a conversation with your family of how your family diversified and how others can too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Money Over Easy Show, where we make conversations over money easy. If you got value out of this episode, I would be honored if you would hit subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can share with more people and let them know that conversations over money can be easy for them too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.